It is currently 7.48 p.m. on a balmy, humid, and surprisingly quiet evening here in Singapore. Amidst the low hum of the train station generators and the calling cries of little critters, I wait for my friend Devin. We're about to have dinner, and he is 18 minutes late. Make that 19. But finally... Dude, where you been? I've been waiting for you, man. Hey man, sorry I was late. And you got bubble tea without me, dude? Yeah man, wanna go get another one? Hello, 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 and you're tuning in to an episode of the Economical Rice Podcast. After dinner and on the way back to the MRT, I was still a little ticked off at Devin's tardiness and not to mention his alarming bubble tea consumption. So I did what any good friend would do and sort of confronted him about it. Alright, so how many of these do you drink in a day, man? Bubble tea? Not much. Like two cups? Three? Maybe like once a week? But wait, there was that one time I drank five large cups of grapefruit green tea in one day. <laughs> five cups? No way, dude. Yeah, man. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> you know bubble tea is not good for you, right? Like there was that one article that came out that said that it's got more sugar than a can of Coke. Yeah, I don't know. People in Singapore seem to love it, though. Yeah, that's true. We do like our sweet drinks. And it's been around forever, hasn't it? Yeah, it's... You're right, actually. It's been around since the early 2000s, I think. Stop whining, dude. (laughs) Alright, fine. Uh, You're still an asshole for being late, though. Yo, I said I'm sorry. Gee. On the way back home, I couldn't get the thought of bubble tea out of my head. Not that I was craving the drink, but more about its history and how it was able to survive for so long. After all, trendy foods aren't made to last, much less etch itself so permanently into a country's culinary culture. Once home, I started looking up Google, but this is where things got a little tricky. Instead of full hour-long documentaries traveling through Taiwan and seeking out the roots of bubble tea, What I got were scattered pages talking about its history or forums where users shared their earliest memories of the drink. It's not the most elegant way of doing research for sure, but I wasn't about to complain. In fact, because of the nature of the subject, I thought it would be interesting to take a different approach to presenting these findings. Devin. Hey, what's up, man? You know how we were talking about bubble tea just now? Yeah. Well, I did a bit of digging, and turns out there's quite a bit of history here. Alright. But I don't want to just say it over the phone, though. Okay. Why not? Because I got a plan. Um, get this, alright? Food tour. 
what? Yeah, like, you know, how they do it on those travel shows, go around, eat food, talk about food. Mm, okay. But, except in our case, we'll be going through, you know, the history and like the different versions and how it's changed and so on. I don't know, man. This all sounds kind of weird. <laughs> Come on, dude, it'll be fun and you get to try out tons of bubble tea. Uh, alright, I'm in. Awesome. But one thing though. Yeah? You gotta call it the bubble tea bonanza. So yeah, that's what we're doing for this episode. A bubble tea bonanza. It's going to be a culinary journey telling the story and history of the drink through its multiple iterations, flavors, and forms. At the onset, I really have no idea how this will go or how the recordings will sound like in various public settings, but I am excited to try something new nonetheless, and I seriously hope I don't end up with diabetes. Okay, the journey begins after a quick break. Welcome back, listeners. We are at our first stop. Devin, could you tell us where we are right now? We're at uh, Tea Valley at uh, Downtown East. Okay, and uh, we also have another special guest joining us today on our little food tour. Uh, coming all the way from America is my wife, Effie. Say hi, Effie. Hello. <laughs> awesome. So, we've ordered our food and our drinks, uh, but before we dig in, Devin, would you like to describe what we've got? So we've got some food, some snacks, and some funny-looking drinks here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, th- so the reason why I brought you guys here uh, is that when bubble tea was first invented, it was from a cafe that is somewhat similar to this one. So legend has it that it originates from this tea house called Chun Shui Tang in Taichung, Taiwan. And in 1983, the owner Liu Han Xie was inspired to serve iced tea after seeing iced coffee being served in Japan. So, you know, if you have any impression at all of Chinese tea culture or how tea was traditionally served, this was, of course, revolutionary, right? I mean, tea culture dates back thousands of years with very established and formal traditions and customs and ceremonies. Yeah, and, you know, so you can imagine how weird of a concept it would have appeared back then in the early 80s. Uh, Yet, it became a hit, and it started this bold new trend of iced tea. This is so much of a big deal, right, that Chun Shui Tang themselves, which is still operational today, even states on their website that it was a, quote, epoch-making tea culture revolution. Uh, But that was just iced tea. The idea of adding bubbles, these tiny chewy tapioca balls, actually came from one of their staff, a product development manager by the name of Miss Lin Siu Kui. As the story goes, in 1988, she was sitting in a staff meeting one day and had with her a typical Taiwanese dessert called fenyuan, which is like a Sweden tapioca pudding. We've also got some fenyuan here today. And just for fun, she poured the tapioca balls into her Assam iced tea and created the first ever bubble tea. And uh, as she notes herself, uh, everyone at that meeting loved the drink and they started selling it at Chun Shui Tang, where it quickly became one of their top sellers and even today still makes up about 90% of the restaurant's sales. Oh, and uh, 
One thing also to point out is that even though Chun Shui Tang created the iced tea revolution, they are still very much rooted in this formal tradition of uh, tea and, and, their, and customs as well. The restaurant itself hosts ceremonies and uh, those elaborate tea ceremonies, and staff have to go through a rigorous six-month vetting process to learn how to make the 80 or so drinks on their menu. Also, they pride themselves on using great precision and only top quality ingredients, and their drinks are made to order and usually shaken, not blended. In fact, uh, they even have this thing called a refractometer, which is used to measure the sweetness in drinks and food so as to match the customer's specification. Uh, Derek Cheng, a reporter who visited Chun Shui Tang and interviewed Miss Sen herself, even described the process as similar to, quote, telling a, telling a waiter how you would like your steak cooked, which I thought was a fascinating parallel. All right. What's up with these fancy cocktail glasses, though? Yeah, so uh, just to describe it for you listeners, we've ordered some bubble tea, uh, but they are served in these tall cocktail glasses rather than your typical made-to-go plastic cups. And that was how it was served and is still being served today in Chun Shui Tang. From what I've gathered about the restaurant, they took to serving their drinks in a sort of western bar kind of style. Like if you've ever paid close attention, you will notice that bubble tea shops use those cocktail shakers to mix drinks just like a bartender would. Uh, most of the shops around today use machines for the shaking, but some places still do it by hand, where the resemblance to a, to a bartender is uh, more pronounced. So the cocktail glasses were probably just a natural extension of that in this. And speaking of, this makes a great segue to how bubble tea was first introduced in Singapore. Uh, so the impression that most people have, I think, is that bubble tea first came in the early 2000s, where it exploded into this huge food trend. However, it actually came much earlier than that, in 1992, when uh, the first bubble tea shop opened called Bubble Tea Garden in Marina Square. As you can probably tell from the name, the style of that restaurant was very much similar to uh, Chun Shui Tang, in that it was a sit-down cafe or hangout spot, which is vastly different from the takeaway version that most bubble tea shops are today. They had flavors such as pearl red bubble tea, yam shake, whiskey red tea, and attracted many students because of the cafe setting and also partly because they had a message board where customers could express thoughts and communicate with one another. Cool, cool. So, can we eat now? <laughs> yeah, sure dude, go for it. Guys, we just finished the first stop. What do you think of the food? Oh, I really liked it. Yeah, it's pretty decent. All right, man. Where are we going next? Uh, we're gonna go somewhere that I haven't been in a long time. Be patient, you'll see. Okay, dude. Where's this place? I don't see any bubble tea anywhere. Right here, man. Dude, quit messing around. This is a Domino's. This is the place. I mean, you see, uh, back when I was around 17 or 18, studying at Tampines Junior College, right across the street, there used to be a small family-owned bubble tea shop right at this spot. And these shops, though they were 
relatively humble and simple and not part of some franchise or brand formed an integral part of bubble tea's history here in Singapore. Uh, but before we get into that, there is one thing that we must absolutely go through and that is the true arrival of bubble tea in Singapore. The watershed moment when bubble tea first became a food trend which I am going to call Wave 1.0. You see, even though bubble tea was introduced through Bubble Tea Garden, it never really took off. Rather, it wouldn't be until 2001 when the Taiwanese brand Quickly or Quickly uh, came about that the bubble tea craze exploded. I'm talking long lines, outlets everywhere, kids shooting pearls out of the massive straws. This is what I meant by saying that it was a watershed moment. Uh, Quickly, along with a couple of other brands such as Coal Station or Milk Girl Ice Cup, were the first stalls to make the concept of takeaway bubble tea a hit, which, as you would recall, is markedly different from uh, the concept of uh, a tea house or a sit-down cafe, which came from Chun Shui Tang and Bubble Tea Garden. So instead of cocktail glasses, you get plastic cups, and instead of meticulously shaken and mixed drinks, you get premixes and machines that shake your drinks for you. And I think this is really crucial to understanding bubble tea as a food craze uh, because this, this takeaway style allowed them to operate much leaner than a full-scale restaurant or cafe and by extension made it a lot easier to replicate and expand as a franchise. Uh, throw in the ridiculously addictive drink that is bubble tea and what we ended up with was a bona fide food phenomenon. Uh, during the span of March to October 2001, it was reported that many of these shops sold as much as 800 to 1,000 cups per day, while copycat businesses set up by locals trying to cash in on the frenzy began popping up all over the place, in malls, hawker centers, and even housing estates, a typical one being the family-run store that used to be at this very location. By 2002, the bubble tea phenomenon was so crazy that at one point, there were over 5,000 shops in Singapore alone. That's insane. Yeah, but it didn't last very long though. And the craze suffered the same fate that many trends and fads eventually succumbed to. It burst. Exactly. As uh, more and more competitors attempted to cash in on the bubble tea phenomenon, shops had to come up with promotions such as one-for-one -one offers, lucky draws, or straight-up price wars just to win market share. And although many customers kept coming back for bubble tea, there just wasn't enough demand to sustain all these new shops. And by 2003, many folded and the craze died down. Wait, but it didn't completely go away, did it? I mean, you said the shop was still around when you were in JC. Yeah, you're right. Uh, while the big franchise brands such as Quickly or Cool Station died out, some of those copycat businesses kept up for a pretty long while. And they did this by building their own little niche within the takeaway bubble tea market, where the big brands focused on standardized menus and prices, smaller brandless uh, shops had the flexibility to play around with different flavors and options. Because of this, you had many shops that sold unique flavors, uh, such as green apple ice blend or peppermint milk tea or Oreo milkshake, while others turned to marketing to stand out. Like, there's this thread on Facebook about what people remember of bubble tea in the early days, and some Facebook commenters mentioned a stall in Woodlands where they hired bikini models to promote their drinks. And apparently there was even this thing where stalls in Pasamalam set up a giant doll to make it look like it was shaking the drinks. Here, I got the picture. Let me see. What? 
That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There was, still, there was still a Wild West kind of vibe to the whole bubble tea scene back then. And everyone was just pulling the stops to draw in customers. But, you know, to go back to this uh, family-run store and how it lasted for so long, right? Well, it's specialized by specifically targeting students. They had this wide array of weird processed flavors, low prices, and even snacks and small cooked meals like hot dogs or instant noodles where you could get in a set. This is quite the hit back then, and many students came after school as a place to hang out, and because it was affordable, it was something they could keep coming back to often, like I did with my group of friends. So then what happened? Why is it at Domino's now? Um, I'm not exactly sure on the details, but from what I've heard, I think the owner fell ill and they had to close down the store, which is, you know, a real pity. Damn, sure sounds like it. Yeah, well, you know, bad things happen and actually since my old school was set to merge and relocate, I doubt they would have lasted very long either. Yeah. But anyway, that concludes the first wave of bubble tea and the fallout from that. At our next location, we will be having bubble tea, I promise. Alright dude, let's go. This time we've got two drinks of us, and since both of them are takeaway, we decided to record in the car and do a little taste test of sorts. Uh, Effie, would you like to tell us what we got? Sure, we have a strawberry milk tea from Sweet Talk mm -hmm. and pearl milk tea from Koi. Awesome, and yeah, so to tie in with our bubble tea story, these two drinks represent wave 1.5 and wave 2.0. I'll start with 1.5 first. So remember how from the last location I talked about the small brandless bubble tea shops uh, that sprung up and survived after the first wave? So those shops were characterized by their eccentric flavors, cheap drinks, and snacks, right? Well, it turns out that within Singapore, there was one local brand that sort of took this concept and blew it up, Sweet Talk. Starting out in 2002, right at the height of the initial bubble tea craze, Sweet Talk is known for this kind of homely bubble tea model. And after Quickly and Cool Station left, they spread all over Singapore, most notably at MRT stations and HDB estates, where it would become the de facto bubble tea franchise for a while in the mid-2000s. And although there aren't as many Sweet Talk outlets now as there used to be, I'm sure many millennials around my age would have fond memories of the brand since they were often patronized by students during its peak. And so, to relive some of that nostalgia, I looked through several reviews and comments of the brand and picked the flavor that generally had the most positive reviews, strawberry milk tea. Devin, would you like to do us the honors? Sure. Yeah, it's really sweet, but honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, considering all the strawberry syrup. Oh yeah? Yeah. Alright. Oh yeah, that is really, really sweet. And mind you, that cost $1.30, mm -hmm. 
I think <laughs> from the store. So um, yeah, if if you were saying that it's like you pay for what you get kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I haven't had one of these in forever. And reading some of the reviews online, it seems that a lot of people don't really have uh, too favorable a view of sweet talk anymore. Uh, Devin, why don't you read this particularly illuminating review? All right. <clears throat> sweet talk used to be everywhere in Singapore. Almost every shopping mall had a sweet talk outlet. However, nowadays, it, I hardly see them around. With players like Gongcha and Koi in the market, it's understandable why sweet talk is petering out, though. I found that although sweet talk's bubble tea was priced cheaper than most bubble tea chains, you do pay for what you get. I've tried its drinks several times before, and each time I left disappointed. They were always diluted and the pearls too hard. The only exception was the strawberry milk tea, although I did ask them to reduce the sugar level to 50% because 100% was much too sweet. Yeah, so I think uh, when we were young and broke and, you know, we didn't have much in the way of standards, uh, so brands like Sweet Talk really appealed to us. And I guess that's why some of us still hold these fond memories of it. And as I've mentioned, they took this and ran with it for a pretty decent period of time through the 2000s. That is until the big boys came along, Gongcha and Koi, aka Wave 2.0. Devin, would you like to try the Koi? Yep. Right, so we've got the standard pearl milk tea. How is it? Mm, yeah, you can definitely taste the difference. It tastes more fresh. Yeah. The sugar level is pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely much better. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I should hope so, right? So the reason why Gongcha and Koi are Wave 2.0 is because much like their predecessors quickly, they too came from Taiwan. And you know, since we have a cup of Koi, I'll be focusing on them for today. So according to their website, Koi is the brainchild of one Miss Chloe Ma, who had earlier run a successful bubble tea franchise back in Taiwan called 50 Lan or Ushulan, and want to expand and take her brand overseas. However, instead of retaining the name of 50 Lan, she decided to rebrand the international expansions as Koi Cafe, focusing on the key aspects of quality, hospitality, and Taiwan's unique tea culture. And so in 2007, Koi opened its first Singapore outlet, and along with Gongcha, really upped the standard and expectation of how bubble tea should be marketed and sold, where brands like Quickly or Sweet Talk paid little attention to their outward appearance and often retained these cheap-looking menu boards, Koi expanded their branding to the entire shop. And now when you go to a Koi, it has this distinctive look and feel to it. The stores are cleaner and classier than the earlier brands, doesn't feel cheap, and its drinks and prices reflect that as well, as you can probably tell from the taste test earlier. But I think what's really interesting about Koi, right, is that they have shaped their business and brand around some of the same ideas born by the founders of Bubble Tea, Chun Shui Tang. If you recall, the tea house placed a lot of emphasis on the quality of the tea and getting the brewing and mixing process right and so on. Similarly, from Koi's website, they too articulate a very similar message, saying how they brew their teas using freshly picked tea leaves or only use natural ingredients for their pearls. Also, just like how Chun Shui Tang has a strict hiring and training process for their tea makers, 
Koi has stringent training regimes for its baristas as well, where they even have an annual Koi Shaker Master competition to identify the best amongst the staff and a title of Master Artisan for the barista who has fully understood the characteristics of the tea ingredients and who is able to innovate and improve upon the Koi menu. So really, Koi didn't reinvent the wheel here, but rather stuck true to its roots and adapted it for a takeaway market. The attention to detail on branding and quality allowed it to stand out amongst the brandless bubble tea copycats and even sweet talk, and at least within Singapore, it has been a greatly successful strategy, where I would argue that Koi today is one of the more prominent and instantly recognizable bubble tea brands around. Along with Gongcha, their growing presence have raised the bar for how bubble tea could be sold, and as we will see in our next and final stop, influence the next wave of bubble tea. Dude, spoilers! Alright, let's go. Alright. After running around to various locations, we are finally settled. We've got our drinks and we are back in the car to do our final round of taste tests. But before we get into the actual tasting itself, just a little bit more of the narrative to round out the bubble tea story. Okay, so when we left our previous location, we had just talked about Koi and how they upped the bubble tea standards here in Singapore. Well, this set a sort of precedent for future players in the market because unlike uh, previous generations of copycats such as your brandless family-run stores or Sweet Talk, it's not enough to just compete on price alone anymore. The minimum standard of bubble tea had been raised so high by Koi and Kongcha that the difference, as Devin experienced earlier, would be incredibly obvious. So since it's now no longer viable to just compete on price, what we end up with is the new wave, Wave 3.0, with a ton of innovation. Increasingly, within the past few years it seems, we are seeing new brands try out various ways to differentiate themselves within the bubble tea market. And it is an exciting time for consumers and bubble tea lovers who get to try all these new trends and concoctions from fruit teas, cheese teas, to the more recent brown sugar bobas. In the final leg of our bubble tea bonanza, therefore, we will be trying out three of these innovations, each unique in how they have chosen to stand out. Effie, what do we have as our first drink? Alright, our first candidate is Tiaguay milk tea with chrysanthemum, what is it called? Uh, bubble, bubble. Yeah, chrysanthemum bubbles. <laughs> yeah, chrysanthemum bubbles. And where is it from? It's from Playtime. Oh, wait, wait, actually Playmate. Okay. Yeah, so um, Playmate is another Taiwanese brand and how they set themselves apart is through their pearls. 
uh, like a lot of brands, um, they try to focus on their teas and then they mix around different flavors and such. But Playmate uh, have taken this different approach. So they have four main flavors for the pearls. Pink cactus, black sesame, burnt caramel and white pearls. But this, we got the special seasonal flavor which is chrysanthemum. And they make all of these in-house and even have a live making process where you can see the pearls being made using all natural ingredients and no artificial flavors right in front of your eyes. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Effie, if you would please. Alright. The milk tea is standard. Hmm. I don't quite taste any difference with the ball though. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you taste a chrysanthemum at all? Not quite. Huh. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> I can taste the chrysanthemum a bit. Yeah, I don't really taste it. It's pretty standard, yeah. I don't taste the chrysanthemum. The milk tea is pretty standard. Mm -hmm. I can taste a little bit of the chrysanthemum. Mm -hmm. It's pretty chewy though. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's I don't just know. bigger than the normal ones. The pearls? Mm. Yeah. They're a lot chewier as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, so that was the first one. And the next one is um is this one, it was recently a viral trend. It's called the Herbal Mint Milk Tea or the Peibakao Tea uh, from Ubi, right? So Ubi went viral late last year because of this particular flavor. If you, if any of you guys don't know, Peibakao is like this thick, sweet, minty syrup that you have when you have a cough or a sore throat and they put it in a drink. Um, I've seen this all over social media, but haven't tried it yet. I know Effie is dying to try this one. So, uh, Effie, please. Just like the Coke syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really distinctive? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Devin tried it. Have you had Pibaco before, Devin? I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, it's really uh, unique, like the mint flavor. Oh shit, you're right. I'm <laughs> getting sick now. <laughs> yeah, it's really minty. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Yeah, and we got the... Um, we didn't get bubbles with this one. Uh, their recommended combination of is, is with grass jelly, so that's a little bit different as well. But yeah, a different kind of uh, variation. Alright, and um, so the last one that we have today is a drink called the Mermaid's Tear from the shop uh, Bobby Fruity. This brand was brought in from Taiwan by local celebrity Nat Ho and it really plays on the visual element of bubble tea, throwing around various colors and flavors to, to perhaps appeal to a more Instagram savvy crowd. For example, the drink that we have here, Mermaid's Tear, has got mango and lemon and honey and milk and also notably the strikingly blue butterfly pea bubbles, which gives the entire drink this gorgeous layering of blue and yellow. Okay, time to see if this tastes as good as it looks. Devin, please. 
and we'll post pictures of this online so you could see by the way oh wow that's really refreshing because it's ice blended mm -hmm. and the uh the pearls are not too chewy either but it really is unique because mm. of the ice blended mm. <clears throat> yeah wow that is yeah, really fruity the, that's the best one we've had today <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, come and think of it, um, ice blended, ice blended bubble teas aren't. They used to be a thing uh, when we had those small stores, that sold all those random flavors, but nowadays it's not really, not really that common anymore. I guess it's uh, good on them for bringing it back. Yeah, it's pretty refreshing. Yeah, do you get do you get a chance to try the bubbles? So, do they have any flavor into them? Mm, normally have a flavor, but I will say that because uh, it's ice blended, all the bubbles stay on top, so it's a little bit difficult to actually get the bubbles with the drink. Yeah, but the drink on its own is actually very refreshing. It tastes yeah. really good. Yeah, as um, you know, I mentioned earlier, they have all these different fruits inside, like uh, you know, what was it, mango and lemon. So it's pretty refreshing, actually. Hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, that does it for today's bubble tea bonanza. <laughs> have you guys kept track of how many bubble teas we've had? Uh, like we've got five or something, right? Five, six. Must have been six. Six, six in total today, right? So, what do you guys think about this whole experience? Uh, I think the last drink really makes it. Because <laughs> uh, all the while, the bubble teas have just been kind of standard what we've tasted before. But yeah. this one really is something unique. Definitely yeah. Definitely gonna try it again. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Happy? Yeah, for me, I think the pipa gao is the best one for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I ha my standard for the chrysanthemum pearls are too high. <laughs> when I d don't taste the flavor, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, the yeah. The itself is pretty standard. Yeah. But this, the pipaka one really stand out to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we When we went to the Playmate store, right, I was telling Effie about their specialty and how they have diff these different kind of pearls. And then I was like asking her which one we should choose. She immediately said the chrysanthemum one. <laughs> so I guess she had high expectations, but that, you know, didn't live up to it. I really like the the Bobby fruity tea actually. The ice blender really gives it a nice touch, and I guess maybe after <laughs> after drinking like five different kinds of bubble <laughs> tea, it's a it's really a nice uh, palate cleanser to sort of uh, give you that refreshing taste. Yeah, so you know uh, we're at the end of our bubble tea journey. What do you guys think of the whole history and all the different phases that it's been through? It's been it's been quite a ride, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been interesting to see how bubble tea has come along. And I uh, really didn't expect it to go uh, this far with the uh, Mermaid's Tears. So that was definitely <laughs> kind, of, uh, yeah, kind of enlightening. I would like to <laughs> definitely try more of the uh, wacky and outrageous bubble teas <laughs> that might be around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we've gone all the way from Sweet Talk to, <laughs> to, to Mermaid's Tears. So we've co covered quite a bit of distance. Effie, what do you think? I think the competition is so <laughs> real that all you have to make innovation along the way. Even like when I cross uh, McDonald's, they have to make new flavor every single year for their ice cream. So that really shows. Yeah. 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 That's 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 crazy. And um, you know, it's not just in Singapore alone. Like a lot of these new brands are coming from uh, Taiwan and China as well, right? Mm -hmm. All these different concepts and stores, and they're all like. Because of um, you know Gongcha and Koi, their influence, what they've what they've done within the industry and how they've able to change the market, and that they set the precedent for 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 future brands and 
it's been quite incredible. So, you know, to round things off, it's been quite a day, quite an afternoon. Would you guys do a bubble tea bonanza ever again? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of bubble tea. <laughs> yeah, I dude. mean, yeah, I mean, some of it definitely tastes good, but a bonanza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's too much, man. So, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed this bubble tea bonanza. Get out of the car, David. And with that brings the end to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and much thanks goes to our guests Devin and Effie for joining us on our bubble tea journey. Music for this episode is brought to you by Broke for Free and if you're interested, I will be posting the links to their tracks and all the research material for the episode in the show notes. So, what did you think of the episode? Did you love it? Hate it? Did we get something wrong or miss some must-drink bubble tea? If you have any questions or feedback, do send them our way through the social media links in the description or by shooting an email to dcordy at gmail.com. That's d-k-o-o-r-d-i at gmail.com. Alright, once again, thank you for listening. This has been your host Danny for the Economical Rice Podcast. We're over here we drink way too much bubble tea for our own good. Mm-hmm.